Hello, you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm your host, Angel, with Phil Pepe. Hey, Angel, how's it going? It's going late. That's what it's going. It's, freaking, <laughs> it's not Friday. It's Monday. Um, so, yeah, so we're just a couple days late just because life happens. But you know what? We're getting it in, so it's all good. So, guys, welcome to another episode of the Indie Comic Review. This is episode 51. And the books that we have uh, this week are for the week of uh, March 9th, um, 2022. So I think we have two books this week, right? Yeah, and I think we both read them. We both read each book. So yeah, let's, let's just kick it right in. Why don't we start off with uh, Little Monsters? Why don't you uh, take it away? Sure, sure. Uh, Little Monsters by Image Comics, uh, brought to us uh, by Jeff Lemire, or Lemire as the writer. Uh, and Dustin Nguyen, uh, or Dustin Nguyen as the artist. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to contact both of them and find out how we to pronounce their names because <laughs> we're always arguing about this at the store, and John swears that it's freaking uh, Lemire. And I'm like, no, it's Lemire. So I hope I'm right. But go I've ahead. Never, you know, I've never seen like an interview or, or heard an interview with him, so I don't even know how he pronounces it. You know what? So... I think he's on Twitter, so I'm just going to write him and ask him how to pronounce it. How do you pronounce I have one yes. question, Jeff. How? That's it. How do you pronounce your name? Right. Um, Steve Wands was the editor and designer, and Greg Lockard was the editor, and there is a special thanks to Kaylee Nguyen, um, who obviously has some relation, I think, to Dustin. So... Um, this is a very cool book. I really dug this first issue. First of all, Jeff and Dustin have been working together um, both in mainstream and indie. Uh, so these creator, as creators, as writer-artist team, they are very simpatico. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Their styles lend, lend themselves to each other really well. Um, this is a really cool, cool setup. Uh, again, this issue is all set up. So um, basically you get to know this sort of post-apocalyptic world that is overrun by children which we've seen a lot uh in science fiction and fantasy before um but what was really neat about this um was that these kids are uh, basically they are little monsters they're all these little vampire kids and they exist at night and they play games but they do this all the time day in day out so they're very bored uh you have one kid uh, i believe uh romy uh, which is also good. They give you nice little introductions with who these kids are. They get nice little name placement and everything. So you actually know their names as you are introduced to them. Uh, and, and while the other kids are out playing games, Romy is basically out exploring. And he finds all these you know little things out there. And one of the cool things... Um, that he does find is like a set of markers and uh, and like paints, I guess. And so what he'll do is uh, he these markers. He'll just start graffitiing around this town because there's no one to stop him, right? And um, a really cool visual technique. We've talked about this before. Uh, this book is in black and white with gray tones, but then uh, little splashes of color. So red for blood, uh, deep orange for the the, the sun, or uh, as it's uh, as it's sort of rising or the moon as a setting or however that that situation is working out but also when Romy is doing his graffiti uh that's all multicolored as well so there's blues with the graffiti and purples and things like that so uh these little splashes of color really i think help pop uh mm. and kind of set this mood and set this tone uh and again you you know you have these kids who are basically immortal stuck in this situation in this 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 sort of a post-apocalyptic world trying to trying to live but you know doing what kids do playing games like hide and seek and capture the flag uh and then uh towards the end 
they find out that they are not alone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, and a really interesting cliffhanger ending, sort of cliffhanger ending with this introduction of this other element uh, that really left me wanting more. Uh, so really solid first issue, I felt. I really thought that while it was light on, on action, it was heavy on, on what the information you know you needed there um, to, to kind of get you into it. Uh, and I really want to see where this is going because I love these two creators and I think that this is a really solid beginning. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. So the storytelling was really good in this perspective. I mean, because we're always talking about number one, setting up a whole new world, a scenario, and you kind of got the gist. Even though you don't know what happened, you don't know what brought them to this point of uh, their post-apocalyptic nature, we know that there is only children, there's no adults around, um, and they've been left there. And it's been close to 100 years. Is that right, I, I believe? I think that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's an elder that I believe is the elder, you know, vampire who, you know, left for unknown reasons. Um, and they're just waiting in this area. They've, they, you know, they ponder out, but they don't venture too far because they're waiting for him to come back. And it's been close to 100 years. Um, and because they're kids, I think they're stuck sort of in that, uh, mentality of you know being in these childlike bodies but having a hundred years of there's no really wisdom there because they're just hanging out with other kids yeah so when we grow as human beings and we grow into adults we grow with life experiences and because they don't have those life experiences they're pretty much stuck in this time loop kind of thing of just being kids forever so they don't have any influences of older people to, to gain experience and wisdom from. So it's funny to see how they interact. And I did like the introduction of the names. Uh, the, the characters are written clearly different with different personalities, which is cool. The twins are funny as shit because yeah. um, they're just ragging on each other all the time. So, yeah, it, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's another take on the, uh, you know, the vampire trope. But this is quite different in respect to we don't really know what's going on, but yet we're intrigued to want to learn more about what's going on because, you know, they're, they're not feeding on other human beings, obviously, so they're finding freaking rats all yes. over the place. And they're just standing in a freaking the alleyway, just, oh, I found one, and he just puts it in his freaking mouth. Yeah. And then, like, like, like uh, Phil said, he's, these black and uh, gray and white tones, but then the blood is all red and it's just dripping down his face. So really cool stuff with the art that's going on. Um, the only pet peeve that I have, and I don't know if you caught it, but there's one kid, the kid with the markers. I forgot his name. I think it's Romy. Ro Romy. Yeah. Um, his adjectives or his uh, pronouns are they. I, did you yeah, get that? I did, no I did notice that. So, it's a very adult thing for a kid to do. But again, these are stunted adults, essentially. You know, vampire rules. You get bit. You're stuck in that age. Right. But your mind will grow, right? Um, and but only with the experiences that you have in your environment. Right. So there's nothing for them to grow into. So right. it, it, it's it's not a huge thing. Uh, like if, if you want to give your own pronouns to yourself in real life, cool. But when you do it in writing, it makes it a little bit more confusing because you don't know who they are they're, unless they're... you're specifically talking about that particular person in that context. There's a context issue. Yeah, when I read an article um, referring to one person and their chosen pronoun of they or them. Yes. Right? I'm talking about like yes. now. Yes. I'm I'm like, wait, I thought I was reading about one guy. Yes. <laughs> you know? And that's and you know, it's not a I shouldn't say it's a pet peeve, but I think it's a it's a rewiring of my brain. 
knowing that this person's pronouns is that, and every time they reference that, and see, now I'm using they, they as them, um, then, uh, yeah, then I have to do that. But, you know, in, in writing, it makes it a little bit more challenging. And I think up to that point, I was so into the story, and then when I had to an analytically analyze what was being used as the context of that, then it took me out of the story for a second and then got right back in. Um, right. but that, that shouldn't stop you from reading this book at all. Um, uh, because the cliffhanger at the end just left me like, oh shit, here we go. Uh, and that, and that cover for issue two looks big. It looks very uh, interesting too. Dude, yeah. I think that would be their, their, their leader or whatever their you know, and, and the kid, you know, it looks like it's young Romy holding this ax. That's like two times too big for him. Yes. It's just a very striking yes. cover. Really want you to see what's going on there. And, you know, another, you know, it's funny, we've talked a little bit about, you know, how we're, we're, we're getting up there, you know, we're, we're going to be 50 in a few years, mm -hmm. God willing. And, um, and, and this idea of, of recaptured youth, nostalgia, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could just be kids again forever? Mm. And what I love is that really, no, it would get very boring if you were just stuck in childhood yep. you know, for a hundred years yep. with no one else around. Like, so I really, I think it nailed that sort of uh, emotional and physical isolation aspect really well. Yeah. And I mean, a hundred years, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. I mean, we're living, we're going on 50 and I can't even imagine being stuck in an environment for that long and not having any change whatsoever. Yeah, and um, capture the flag can get boring after the first 30 or so times. <laughs> yeah, maybe after the 30,000 freaking capture the flag. <laughs> um, but yeah, nonetheless, it was a really good book. Jeff Lemire, Lemire, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Um, I tried looking it up online to see if there was a, uh, like, uh, what do you call that? Um, phonetical. A phonetical, uh, yeah. But there isn't. Um, no, because he, he wants us to guess. Yes. Uh, really cool. Solid artwork uh, from Dustin and, you know, really solid writing from Jeff. So if you like his work, you're not going to be disappointed with this. So I'm really looking forward to, to getting the rest of this. I wish I knew if it was a short or, you know, a mini. I'm, I'm almost positive it's going to probably go uh, 30 issues or something. That's probably. It, yeah, there's no indication as to whether it's a mini or an ongoing. Um, and these guys have a tendency, yeah, you know, like if you look at like some of their other work, they they they're good for at least a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take a little bit of a hiatus, but okay, cool. So that's uh, Little Monsters from Image Comics. Check it out if you're into sort of uh, vampires, uh, or, or not. I mean, it's it's really like less about the vampire lore than it is about these uh, kids trying to figure out what the hell's going on in their life. Um, all right, the next book that we have is from AWA, uh, their Upshot imprint. Uh, it's called Hit Me, and this is a mostly female cast, which is awesome. You've got Krista Fausta is the writer, uh, and you've got Priscilla. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this. Uh, Petratis, I'm good. gonna assume is that is that good enough? That's what that's what I was guessing. Petratis, yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, letters by Marco Lesco. So, ah, uh, dude, um, what can I say about this book? One, first of all, beautiful looking book. Uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the artist just you know captured. Uh, movement, uh, you know, facial expressions, the tone of this particular book, just down uh, to, to, to what it needed to be, along with colors. Um, in its simplest form, this is a woman who gets paid by men or whoever to get beat upon. And as long as they pay their price for what they get, they can do whatever they want to her. Um, so it's sort of like this BDSM uh, kind of book and what as I her, as her business card says naughty Lulu professional paint slut yes yes <laughs> um, and then she has her bodyguard who goes with her on um, 
these outings. Um, but we also get to find out that he's absolutely in love with her. Yeah. Um, and she's not going to cross that line with him because she's not that type of person um, who wants to complicate things by getting romantically involved with this gentleman who obviously she loves as well, but it's sort of like really standoffish on her emotional feelings. So she, she's really complex in regards to how she handles things emotionally. Um, and then on top of that, she's able to, she has a high pain tolerance. So what's really cool about this book is it's not so much the, the aspect of her getting beat upon, um, but it's that I don't know if you read the, the, the end credits of the yep. book with both the uh, writer and the artist. And uh, so it goes into, well, Crystal goes into, you know, how this book came into creation and that whole other world of, um, you know, pain and pleasure and, and what it means to those people. And, you know, she had this thing where she was comparing it to, like, if most people would think that this book is where women feel like they're objectified or they're the victims, and they're really not. Mm-hmm. These are women that are fully in control of their lives, and then they choose this because it's what brings them pleasure, this pain. So it was a really interesting article to read a real eye-opener, because oftentimes when you see things or hear things, we're really judgmental, especially if it's not in our space or in our purview of what we experience in our life day-to-day or whatever we experience in our life. Um, and that's really hard, and sometimes it's really hard to step back and understand something that you've never experienced before without judging it first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so reading this, I could be like, holy shit, why the fuck is she going through all of this? And then understanding a little bit more of the context in the back, it, it, it made a little bit more sense. Um, and it, it actually made her stronger in my eyes in regards to the profession that she's choosing um, to move forward with. Um, so in gist, you get a, a pretty much a, a story of this woman who is for hire. She has one particular client that she really likes, um, finds really attractive as well, she says. Um, and as she's getting ready to meet him, and this is going towards the end of the book, um, something ensues where, you know, uh, he's being robbed for something while she's walking into the room. Um, he gets shot, killed. Her boyfriend comes, not her boyfriend, her bodyguard comes running in um, and pretty much saves her life because she gets shot, I believe, in the shoulder and pushed back. Um, and she's in and out of consciousness. Of, and it's being told from her perspective. So we're getting bits and pieces of what she remembers. Um, and basically, we come to find out that it was pretty much a heist for diamonds um, in this respects. So, yeah. So I really dug this book in regards to storytelling, to build up, to the pace, uh, the the colors, the, the art, just all... It's a really awesome creative team and on this particular book. It's a fascinating subject. Uh, I'm not going to lie and, and say it doesn't make me a little uncomfortable because I'm not used to that, that world. Um, but nonetheless, I wasn't disgusted by it. I was just more like, holy shit. Uh, more, it was more of a, a, a shock than anything else mm-hmm. uh, for this particular book. So, yeah. So, uh, I definitely, I think this is a five issue, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, yep. Of Lulu's Adventures. So, it's going to be interesting to see how far this goes. Um, yeah, what'd you think, Phil? Yeah, I mean, basically everything you said, I, I really I really got into this um, really well-paced uh, with the introductions of the main characters and their world and their situation. Um, you know, some of the sleazy people that they do encounter mm. um, and then the flat, you know, that one specific guy with those little bits of flashback of how awful he was to her uh, on, on the one time, I think, that, that, that he hired her and 
you know, she was like, never again. Um, you you pointed out the text pieces in the back, which is mm-hmm. very important. You know, Krista Faust apparently, I guess, lived in this world. Mm-hmm. She was very active in this community. Uh, and again, you know, one of the things she points out is a lot of what we really know in fiction of this type of work, this type of sex work, you know, we just know from the Fifty Shades of Grey, more sanitized, yes, yes. Uh, exploitive, right? Mm-hmm. And one point that she really wanted, you know, she wanted an artist that wasn't going to make this exploitative. And I think mm. in a lot of other artists' hands, yeah, this would have felt really kind of uncomfortable, dirty, exploitive. Uh, she mentions the male gaze, right? And so Patricia Petrides really, really nails this by kind of taking a lot of that out and allows you to really focus on the characters in the story. Um, and again, yeah, her, her sequential panel layout is amazing. Uh, that Quentin Tarantino-esque uh, gunfight scene in mm. the hotel room mm. uh, is really well played out and makes sense. It's sometimes hard for these things to really make sense on the first view, on the first reading. Uh, but it was all very clear. Uh, and I really dug that. One thing I kind of really liked about this, and again, I think maybe because I have a little bat on the brain, uh, from the last week and a half, but um, this really reminds me. It's like uh, of sort of a a Selena Kyle type story. Like this character, you know, is that type of woman, that very strong woman who who dives into this world and doesn't take guff from nobody. You know, uh, and I kind of really like that. Uh, so, and I think if you respond to those aspects of 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 the Batman or or Batman Year One, um, you know, this character, this Lulu, uh, really would would fit that mold and kind of kind. You know, so if you're real more used to the superhero stuff, but you want to delve into something like this, it's a nice little transition, nice little crossover thing. Uh, not crossover in that sense, but uh, uh, very, very similar. That's what I found. And I think, again, because of that movie, I kind of had that on the brain, but it really was, uh, it resonated well with me in that respect. A uh, couple other things I really loved about this. First of all, the title. The title could have gone either way because, you know, she's sitting there. She's got a black eye, but she's also holding, you know, uh, an ace of spades or mm-hmm. an ace of clubs. Um, so at first, you know, before opening the book, I'm like, well, is this going to be about gambling or is this going to be about another hit me type aspect? Uh, so I really love that as a title. I thought that was a great in right for people to to be like, oh, this is grabbing me. What is this going to be about? So great, great. again titles are very important right and uh both these books are great because they're really short two-word titles that resonate with emotionally with you when you look at them Hmm. uh, and you want to see oh what is this about uh the other thing that i thought was really neat uh that i didn't get initially so initially when i first read it i thought it took place in vegas i thought it was contemporary i kind of groaned in my head when uh her her bodyguard put the crow shirt on and Mm -hmm. i'm like Mm -hmm. oh it's like you know he's into vintage clothing or whatnot, you know, like I thought that was kind of a, a weird thing that I was like, ah, we need this now, you know? Um, and then when I real when I finished it and I read the text piece and I realized, Oh, this place takes place in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, that's really cool. That's not a, he's not wearing that shirt cause it's vintage. He's wearing that shirt cause he just saw that movie, the crow a week ago, loved the movie and got the shirt. And then I'm going through and I'm looking through the art and there's all these really subtle touches. So like when you get that shot in the hotel room, uh, in the background, you see the television. It's not a flat screen TV. It's Mm -hmm. a big clunky box TV. And I thought that was great. I was like, Oh wow. Just, she really nailed that nineties aesthetic. Uh, in the art, but it completely blew me by uh, on the first reading. And right. So it was. It's a book that also warrants 
going back and looking through again and really looking at this gorgeous art and, and the pacing of the story. Yes. And you know why he chose a crow shirt, right? Well, why? You know what he looks like. Oh, he looks. does look a little like him. That's just me guessing. That's just me guessing. And you know what? For his character, that's great. Cause, it does. You know, it he's works. One of, he's, he's a slightly developed character at this point. Yep. But that's a, a great level. That's another level of his character that that he d- identified with this with this actor in this movie. Correct, correct. And the death of Brandon Lee probably affected him as well. So that's a really good that's a good point that thing that you pointed out. Yeah. So that's that's over, that's us overanalyzing comics. It could be a total coincidence whatsoever. It could be the artist's favorite movie uh, for all we know. But yeah, you're you're right. And and those are things that we you know some people wouldn't pick up, but it's cool to have sort of like those Easter eggs in there. Um, thrown in there so yeah if you know it's a really cool book gang and you know it, it's not so it's not so heavy on that subject of uh, even though it's it's sort of like the underlying tone like uh the sex worker um but it's everything that that happens around that um that really entices uh, or makes it t- the story really enticing so it's definitely worth a pickup and a read um uh, if you like sort of like the ocean's 11 kind of feel um, or even Ocean's Eight with the females, um, and or, or in this case, Ocean's Two. Ocean's Two, <laughs> yes. Um, then, then you'll love this book. It, it kind of has that feel to it, and then obviously the '90s vibe um, is also in there as well. So, if you want a little bit of nostalgia, you definitely pick this up. Uh, this is Hit Me from AWA. Yeah, which, which is not artists with attitude, as I thought for quite a while. It's uh, artists, <laughs> artists, writers, and artists. Artists with uh, attitude is a little bit better. There's no bread recipes in there. There's not. Um, but yes. All right. Cool, gang. So those are the two books that we have for you this week. Um, we'll definitely be hopefully on schedule this Friday yes. uh, if somebody doesn't, you know, um, have other things that pop up. But it's all good. <laughs> Maybe it'll be me this time. So it, it, it's all good. Um, okay, cool. Don't forget to support your little comic shops by hopping in there and picking up uh titles and if they don't carry these titles go in there and demand them um support the the support the indie publishing world as well where do you get your books phil i get mine at the joker's child in fairlaw new jersey uh again a cornucopia of of nerd treasures uh besides new comics old comics original artwork by one angel santiago uh, a lot of toys a lot of really cool stuff in that store so definitely check it out all right i don't think we're allowed to use the word cornucopia until thanksgiving but oh, okay. it, it's all <laughs> a, good a porno plenty of, yes uh, oh plethora um a all plethora. right cool guys if you're in fairlow new jersey and ever go and check out the uh, joker's child they'd be more than happy to to have you in there um also um, if you want to be part of the podcast or want to come onto the podcast and promote your books, uh, we actually have two more people lined up. I have to talk to you about that, Phil. Awesome. Uh, nice. I know I'm doing that live, but that sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, just go to amazingactioncomics.com slash podcast, fill out the form, and we'd be more than happy to either have you on to discuss your project. If you want us to review a book, you can send it along. We'll review it, have you on, discuss the book, anything that you want going on. We want to support the indie community as much as possible. And also speaking of podcasts, uh, last week uh, we recorded uh, my second episode of the Pep Talk. Uh, my guest was Angel. Uh, Angel did a great job on, on helping me fill that hour. Uh, but he um, he really you know he he laid out a, a lot of what brought Amazing Action Comics into into being with him and Justin Bartz. Uh, really dis, you know indispensable advice for upcoming creators. Uh, I've gotten some feedback on it, and said people said that you were inspiring. Uh, and really, really want to check out your stuff. 
Uh, so yeah, you know, I think that link is floating around there somewhere for uh, what we did last week. Uh, but yeah, definitely get, get a chance to check it out. Angel, you, you did a great job. So thank you again for being on there. Oh, wonderful. No problem. Yeah, I've been called many things in my life, but inspiring is not one of them. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'll get the link on there and I'll put it onto the notes for this particular podcast if you want to check that out as well. Uh, you've got uh, Phil at least once a month doing a pep talk, so you may want to head over to that podcast um, and subscribe to both. Subscribe to this podcast if you like what you hear. Subscribe to his podcast, and you can never have too many podcasts. Is, yeah, there's got to be a way you can subscribe. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, also, stay up to date with everything that's Amazing Action Comics by going to AmazingActionComics.com. Sign up for the newsletter there. We've got some really great stuff you know, on the horizon. Um, I know I keep saying that, but, you know, in this industry, stuff takes time. It needs to kind of, like, procure, and then we got to get it out there into the world. Um, yeah, and then until... Like, like artisan, like the true artisan that you are. Like the true artisan that I am, uh, a tapestry of mastery, or a mastery of tapestry, <laughs> whichever way you want. All right, gang, until next time, because we're getting delirious now. Be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing. <laughs>